Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. It is Cofield and Company on this Thursday, live from the Silver 7's. Don't forget, check out the William Hill Sportsbook here. Open that app, get it funded. You can bet throughout the day. Every day, but coming up Saturday, obviously the final four games with a lot of live betting opportunities there. And the 77 set Mick Ultra Bud and Bud Light bottles during all college basketball games down here at the bar at the Silver Sevens. A great spot to come check out and watch all of the games. Let's get into it. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. All right, I think that we have often got too far into the into the weeds a little bit um, about some media topics, especially whether people will ever be allowed in the locker rooms again and how they're going to try to handle that and how it's going to be operated moving forward. Um, and I, I don't know how much people care, but we did find out the other day NFL locker rooms will be open again, which is great for me. Great for you as somebody who covers the Raiders and is there every day and can build those relationships and find the stories and really, you know, dive deep a little bit into, you know, telling their stories, what's going on, find out more information. Um, and again, it's much, much better for the media. I don't know how much people care on the surface, but they should because if you care about a team and you want to know about the players, you want to know more, you want to tell their stories. And who agrees with this? Because I thought a lot of people would assume that players would be against media ever being back in the locker room. But we have heard some players speak out. Joey Votto was one in baseball. Said we need the reporters here because they tell the stories. And without those relationships, the stories don't really get out. And people don't learn who the players are. Kevin Durant is saying the same thing? Kevin Durant, who, you know, with the the burner social media accounts and the sensitivity and everything that has been talked about with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is back in. And he said that he was not happy with Adam Silver suggesting that locker rooms may never open back up because players wanted their privacy and didn't want the media there. Durant said he disagrees with that. Quote, I think that will hurt the relationship between media and players. That's the only way you can build a relationship with somebody that's going to be writing on you regardless. And he added something that I think is very important. It's the ones that don't say anything that come into the locker room, but they've got the most to say in their column about what goes on in the locker room. You're not being in a relationship with us, but you just, you're just you just eavesdropping on the situation. That's where the trust factor starts to get eliminated, where it's like, well, who are they letting in here? Wow. Wow. Because we know this is true. But it's, I didn't it's something know, you and I and, and a sure. couple of our our boys have discussed. Sure, and but I didn't know that players were so keenly aware of this. Oh, uh, that there are people. I who, think. Let me let me interject real quick. I yeah. think I think we both know that players are aware of it. I just don't think that we think that they are on the same side of agreeing with us on that. Sure. Like they obviously know that that takes place. But we would think that they don't like that, whereas they, they're look, he, as he's saying, this gives us a chance to know who we can trust Yeah. rather than not trusting all well, of and, you. And accountability. I mean, yeah. there, there's, a, there's a part of it of 
you know, I have written some negative things about players before, obviously, as part of my job. Like, that's that's what I do. And I've said negative things on the radio. If, there, if there's something to be said, I will say it. But I'm in the locker room every day. And yep. guess what? Players have come up to me and been like, I don't like what you said. I don't like that. And we'll talk about it. Yeah. And, and then you can come to an understanding and you can come to a trust level of, hey, if I'm going to write that, I know that I'm going to be there the next day and I'm going to have to answer to it. And I won't call out specific players but because I, I respect them. I respect that they would come up and say, hey, look, I didn't like that. Let's talk about that. One player in particular, I'll, I'll, I'll say, was really upset about something I tweeted. And we sat down and watched the play on video. Like, that that can happen, and those relationships can be built, and then they might trust you more to tell the story. Hey, look, by the way, this is how I grew up. This is where I came from. I would like somebody to tell the story of my family or something along those lines. Like, you can yep. build those relationships. But this this aspect of it, of certain reporters that will come into the locker room and actually not talk to anybody but just be like, hey, I'm here, and just kind of hide in the corner, we haven't had – the Raiders haven't had an open locker room in Vegas since they've been here, so we we can't talk about that. But there are other major league professional teams where people cover, quote unquote, cover the team who go into the locker room and just hang out. Don't talk. Don't ask questions. Don't build relationships. They're just there. Hey, I'm here. I'm cool. And then go to tweet and then tweet. Yeah, I was here. I had a chance to talk to or we spoke. Um, And I'll tell you a story about this real quick. Um, USA basketball, as you know, they come here every you know every couple of years. Whatever they hold their camp, summer camp, over at Mendenhall. It was one of my first time doing it for the Associated Press years ago, and it was right after Derrick Rose's second run through the call. You know, removing himself, saying he couldn't go for the Bulls. And AP was like, "Hey, we want you to. This is what we want to know. You got to go up." And I'm, in my head, I'm thinking, "Okay." You know, this is one of my first times out there for USA Basketball. I'm like, I don't want to be the one to. So let me go over there, see how it goes first. You got all these veteran NBA reporters already there, and you're thinking, okay, I'm just going to sort of butt in and ask Derrick Rose. So I sort of listened for a little bit as he was explaining his his take. And one of the things that I got from it was his personal side to why he was okay with saying he would sit out the season, which nobody picked up on. All they wanted to do was braid him for saying, "For well, but you could have went. Why are you okay with this? Uh, you're just taking the money. Fans were getting on him. The next day I went and requested a one-on-one for my own personal website, and I explained to him the angle that I wanted to go on. And after I wrote the column, and I'll tell you what the subject was on, that I, the take that I got from it, I was standing on the baseline, and I didn't expect this to happen because, you know, this is sort of a taboo. You don't you do not do this. But I was standing on the baseline for warm-ups of the blue-white scrimmage, and Derrick Rose was taking warm-ups at a different area across three points, and he ran over and sort of did the whole dap and hug and thanked me and said, hey, I read your, I read your uh, article. I really appreciate it. But basically what I wrote was that – those years he, those two years he got to take off, he got to spend time with his son, who was an infant. In those those years where his the brains being developed and become cognizant of the people around him, and his son got to realize who his who his father was, and got he got to be there to hear him say "dad, dada" or "daddy" for the very first time. So I'm not covering him on a regular basis, so it's kind of different as a beat. But 
in what you're saying in terms of having that established sort of rapport with a professional athlete in just sitting and listening, being able to go up and listen in on a conversation and understand and then talk to them. What I took from what he was saying was that he got to raise his son that a lot of NBA players don't get to do because it's a six, seven-month season. They're on the road. They don't get to spend time with their infant son, uh, sons or daughters when they're born. So that was something that I sort of benefited from in what we're talking about here. Number four. All right. Winning Time is the favorite show, I think, of this station. You guys got me. I, I, I did what you told. I, I listened. Adam's one of the few people who can tell me to li- watch something, and then I'll go do it. Are and you caught up? I'm caught up. Substantive. Are you all in? Yeah. Oh, it wasn't. There was never a question whether I wasn't going to be. It was that was the whole thing. Was I didn't want to. I didn't want to juggle righteous gemstones and winning time. Now I've stopped watching. Right, not stopped, but I, I put that on hold to make sure that I got caught up, and I'm caught up. Oh, it's so good. I love it. I love every minute of it's it. It's fantastic. But I also understand because I have read enough. I haven't read the entire book, and we hope to talk to Jeff Perlman soon, uh, who you know not only has uh, not only wrote the book that this is based off of, but also. Um, just had a, a story about, you know, kind of the a periphery of the Henry Rugg story. Uh, that was a really good story as well. Deep, uh, troubling, tough to tough to read, but very very good. Um, but I know that it veers from the book for certain reasons. I think when you're making a when you're making a television show, you can't go strictly by the book for for different reasons. I'll give you one example. They wanted the the Pat Riley scene with Chick Hearn is out of order from how it happened in real life. But there's a reason. It, it, it fit better in the storyline than to go, because it happened two years earlier. And so then to go back and say, well, we're going to flash back to two years when this happened, they right. just kind of worked it in. So yeah. there are little things that are different. I, I don't necessarily believe the Magic Johnson bringing the orange juice every single day. Yeah, that's... Like, it, it, was, it was a little much, but added a lot to the show like it was fun to watch it was a, it was an interesting piece so i i think that there's parts that you separate fact fact for fiction a little bit but for the most part it stays true uh to to how a lot of things were going on and there are some stories now about well magic johnson did have problems with teammates the teammates did have problems with magic johnson but it probably wasn't how it's was portrayed yeah no kidding no no kidding that's not exactly how but yeah, you you understand based on the dynamics of the team what the team was trying to do in terms of changing how the game is played and using a forward as a point guard and all the flashiness that Magic Johnson brought with him and how close he was with Jerry Buss. You understand that there's probably going to be problems with some of his teammates, of course. Right, and they're going to have to, I don't want to say embellish, but that's the only word that you really can in terms of sort of adding some sizzle to what you're watching. And, um, you know, I mean, he's the new guy coming in and, you know, sort of the, the way that they have him, the relationship with Norm and, and as you said, you know, and, and Kareem telling him what he told, you know, I, I want, I get my orange juice this way. I want a newspaper. And of course, then he finally confronts him and says, Hey, I've been doing this. At least you can do is taste the orange juice. And then he says, I told you to bring me a newspaper. And he turns <laughs> and he's like confused. Did you know immediately right when he said that where where, where he was looking for? The, uh, no. So I can't think of the name of the paper. Um, but it's the 
I'm going to I'm going to look it up real quick here. Okay. Uh, the the newspaper because you know it uh, a lot of the show. If Kareem's not on the court or he's not speaking, he's he's into his religion, he's meditating. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, as far as the Nation of Islam is concerned, um, they have uh, the Nation of Islam. The Final Call okay. is the name of it. And the very first thing I thought of when he said, "No, I told you to bring a paper," I was thinking that. That's what he wanted Magic Johnson to figure out. Is that's the paper he would want to read is the final. Okay. Because when, you, but, he, but he said he did want the. What he wanted the business page. For, no, he yeah, the, he said how he wanted it yeah, in yeah. order. Yeah. That 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 too. So I was a little confused in terms of because he, he he spelled it out how he wanted it, but then when he said I told you I wanted a paper, I wasn't sure if he was trying to trip him up because because that's how you can definitely. You know, not haze, but really send sure. a rookie a little bit. Oh, to- the show is phenomenal. I love, I love every second of it. I heard some people that had some problems with it yesterday. I was like, just stop, just enjoy it, just, just watch it, enjoy the show. Like, yes, the the Tark stuff's a little out of, out of order, and the actor doesn't look exactly like him. It's Fine, it, it's good. I I enjoy it. I love uh, all the even the Las Vegas ties to the show. It's all great, and I've uh, I. I can't wait till Sundays. Every single week, it's great. Yeah, now you number three. You got go me ahead. In. What were you going to say? No, I was just say now nah, you got me in. Ari's okay. quick on the right, good there. Do number three again. Number three. Okay. I lost my train of thought too because we were thrown off by the double number three. Uh, there is a. I call him a kid. He's nineteen in England. He is getting ready to serve six weeks in jail. I applaud this, but I'm also not overly comfortable with it. So what happened, uh, Marcus Rashford last year, uh, who plays for England, also plays for Manchester United, great soccer player, um, endured just a barrage of disgusting, disgusting racist um, messaging and Twitter posts and social media and in, in real life, too. But there was just a deluge. Uh, I did read something where he's like the second most hated on athlete on social media behind LeBron uh, in the world, which is kind of crazy. But there was a lot of really, really nasty things that were being tweeted and posted about Marcus Rashford last year. They were able to track down one of the kids that was using, like a kid, 19, one of the guys that was using an account and really sending some vile, vile messages at Marcus Rashford. And he's been convicted and will do six weeks in jail. I love it. It's great. But there is there is some hesitation to say, okay, while this kid deserves everything you give him, I don't care if you give him 20 years in jail. That's fine with me. Um, there is something to be said about the precedent that is being set of what exactly are we going to say is, you know, over the top, is wrong, is not allowable, what is within your right to say to tweet about and what isn't again i i don't have any quibbles with him being in trouble but the precedent could be a little scary you don't have any problem with with because of the context obviously right like i i i want i kind of want to defend him going to jail only because i don't want like cut and dry he said some horrific racist things on Twitter. Right. They found him. He admitted to it. And and he's being punished for it. 
but I just I feel like on some level you have to defend even the worst of the worst to avoid issues in the future because right. who's to say that something I tweet or something you tweet or something and again this is not in America but that something somebody says is not at some point you say well that's wrong I don't like that you're going to jail that's the that's the question that's the fine line here and whether it's you know wh- whatever country we're talking about it it is on Twitter so that's somewhat you know worldwide um, where that takes place because I mean you could say well I'm from here so I tweeted it or if you what if you were you, you bought you're in the air and you tweeted something right where, where jurisdiction sure. where where are you flying over so who's going to who's going to oversee that so yeah it, it sort of opens a door um, for you know somebody to question well feeling bullied on Twitter now saying certain things on Twitter and racially abusing somebody two different things um, but like you said it it it's a little questionable as to now where can other people feel offended or shamed and go after somebody legally I guess that would be a question for our guy Justin to, to answer but you know what sort of door this opens um, down the road and you know um, racist and a hate crime is, is is how this is being labeled in the prosecutor in this article so um, I guess this guy's getting what he deserves and hopefully he learns his lesson he obviously did some, knows he did something wrong because he had tried to avoid by changing his he Twitter he changed his Twitter account yeah. and denied it before they showed him the evidence that they knew it came from his phone and we're like he was like okay so that immediately right there i mean you know if, you, if you're going to be so bold then you better stand up to what you're saying that's another well, thing well, and and part of my other issue of why i i do want punishment in some way even though i'm uncomfortable with it is because what i would normally say is put the guy's face on tv and have him ridiculed and say this is the guy that sent this and he's disgusting and he's a Oh, just a piece of racist trash. Look at him. But half the society probably is cool with it. So that's where you're like, all right, I don't know if that's enough at this point. Um, it's just, it, it's very conflicting. How about but this? again, I, I, don't, I don't, getting in trouble for something that you say on social media is, as much as I want him humiliated and, you know, embarrassed and called out, it's tricky. How about put him in a room with no windows with, Mark Rashford, and, and then have him say it to his face. See if he'll do it then. Well, he won't. But exactly, I, I just I don't know if that's I don't know if it's enough. And like I said, the public humiliation is what I want. But I just think there's way too many people that are like, yeah, go go get him, and, and that's that's really the troubling part of this. Number two. All right, Jerry Jones. We know he has kids. He works with them. They work for the team. They're around him. He also has, apparently, a 23-year-old daughter who is asking to be declared publicly his daughter. Now, she and her mom say they're not looking for money. They're looking for just the confirmation and to say, hey, look, on the birth certificate, father, Gerald Jones. They just want the public acknowledgement that he is the father. Now, him and his attorney say, no, no, no. They came to me. They tried to extort me. They wanted $20 million. And I said, no. But I also have paid for her schooling, 
four years in college, one year to private high school. I have paid child support. And then they said, whoa, 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 whoa. Not, not child support. Uh, I've paid a stipend. They don't want to acknowledge that it was actually child support. Uh, they paid a lump sum when the the kid was born. Um, they are kind of trying to have it both ways of, hey, we have supported this kid, even though we're not acknowledging that it's a daughter. But at the same time, we don't want to acknowledge that it's a daughter and we don't want to pay any more. Uh, apparently, there is two more lump sums that are in a trust that are due. Uh, 26th and 28th birthday, apparently. But they don't want money. But they don't, they don't want the money. It's... It's a 70, very weird case. $70,000 Range Rover on her 16th birthday, Adam. And another $33,000 went to a party that was featured on a reality show hmm. for the 16th birthday. It's a weird case. Like, clearly, based on the actions, it's his daughter. But I think... I don't know. I, I don't know where the... Like where the fight is, if you've raised, if not raised, but if you've acknowledged that this is your daughter and that you've paid all this money, what is the difference? Like just because you get on the on the birth certificate as the father, doesn't mean you have to leave the money in the will or anything. No, unless he's got some trust that says any acknowledged kids get part of this. Like I don't think there's a rule. well. You can change the trust. Of you course, can, it doesn't matter. So so, and and she's she's well past age where even if 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 she's at it, if you know, if he's added on the birth certificate, I don't necessarily. I don't think that he owes her anything anymore. There's nothing no. they can't they can't go back and say, well, all this time. I mean, for the amount of money that he that he's paid, that's ridiculous. So ultimately, he has paid a total of three million dollars, according to Jerry Jones. Uh, according, excuse me, his, his attorney, not according to him. Uh, has paid upwards of $3 million in total to this child who he does not acknowledge is his. It's weird. Uh, but it also shows, uh, you know, there is a lot of craziness out there. <laughs> that we just don't get or understand or know and don't necessarily have to. When you're the public eye, these things come out. Uh, it's a pretty fascinating case. He also paid uh, $375,000 at birth and then monthly payments for child support, which ultimately totaled over $2 million. And then when they were asked, oh, if you pay child support, does that mean you're acknowledging it's your kid? And the lawyer said, uh, the statement speaks for itself. I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> okay, good enough. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Oh, Dribbling through the lane, stops top of the key, fires to Booker, left wing for three. He got nothing but the bottom of the net, and the Suns are up double digits. Timeout, Steve Kerr. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens, it's Cofield and Company. It is Cofield and Company, Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez down here, Silver Sevens. Inside the casino, come on, a couple people stop by, got some shirts, we got shirts, we got some tickets as well stop on by we're here until six o'clock don't forget those 77 cent bottle beer during any college basketball got saturday and monday left for those games well we're in the second half of the nit championship oh there you go texas a&m up by two 47 45 is that so, against xavier against the xavier musketeers there you go 49 45 now 49 45 thank you He's all over it. Ari following college basketball can. like I never thought. 
Uh, we were we did leave off. We have number one left. Are we playing that, or are we just going to talk about it? Mm. Number one. There we go. We made it official. Willie, I know you're excited about this. You're all in. That's so disrespectful. I'm draped in 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 our country's colors. Absolutely. I just don't follow what you're about to announce. The U.S. is back. After missing the World Cup in 2018. Danny's US, excited. U.S. has qualified for the World Cup. See? Kids are excited. Everyone's excited. Uh, weren't quite as good as Canada in this round of qualifying because, good Lord, Canada took off. Uh, but the U.S. has gone through. Uh, I thought yesterday they should have forfeited the game. They didn't. They played it. Uh, they could have lost by up to 5 nothing. Mm-hmm. Could have lost by five goals and still made it through. A forfeit results in a 3 nothing loss. So I said just take the 3 nothing loss and move on. Without chanting it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Not, not even that. What? what Danny, Danny's in. Willie's out. Yeah. I was just saying without chancing injury. Yeah. There's no reason to chance. And I was having a debate. I have some friends that are very into soccer, and I was explaining to them. I thought there should be a forfeit, and they said, what chance of injury is not till November? <laughs> Torn ACL is going to keep you out. And it, the, the field in Costa Rica is fine, but it's not, you know, it's not the greatest. Um but I didn't think there was any reason to go out there, except you know, there is some competitive nature, I guess. The U.S. put their A-team out there. Didn't play great, but didn't play terribly. They lost 2 nothing, but it didn't matter. They have advanced. They are through. This is exciting. And I think it's 2026 is the year I think everybody has circled for when the U.S. is going to be really, really good. But just to get that experience to get back in the World Cup is very cool. So let me ask you this. is What I am familiar with is obviously when the United States women's team is – up and running, and of course, their 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 fanfare and the following, and that's when I mean, all of a sudden, doesn't matter what sort of sport, whether you follow soccer or not, that's when it sort of brings all sports fans together. They love watching. Is the men's getting back in here? Is that equal to the every single year well, that the, on the ladies' level? Right, because this, be- this is gonna, oh, this, you're putting me in a bad spot here. Well, I, I love the U.S. women's soccer team too. There are like three countries that play soccer and women's soccer. Ah, okay. So I'm asking. So, like, the world is coming around. Okay, gotcha. But, like, people get into the U.S. women's soccer team because they win the World Cup because the they're one of, like, three teams that play. Gotcha. Okay. And now that more and more countries are playing, they're, you know, they're starting to catch up a little bit. U.S. still, you know, is a dominant team in the women's side. But it's – there was a huge head start. It's like the dream team. Sure. Yeah. And, and, and the, the world kind of caught up in basketball. They set the tone just like the women's – you know, the U.S. women's team set the tone for the world, and they said, hey, let's play this sport and try to build ourselves up to that level. Do and the men have, now that they're, they're in, do they have a shot? No. Oh. Uh, 2026, I think, is the year. Okay. Uh, that You know, four years away, That's I think that's when everybody kind of circles. It's a young team. I think it'll be a little bit more mature at that point. Uh, that's when you kind of circle and say they have a chance. Now, do they have a shot to make, say, the eight? Can they advance out of the first round? We'll find out. Uh, how the draw looks. It's possible they can get out of the They could get a really favorable draw uh, in the World Cup, so we'll see. Um, but, like, a, a final eight is kind of where you say, like, all right, that would be a very good accomplishment. Who's the favorite? For the U.S. Uh, there's a, I mean, there's a couple of European teams that are pretty good, obviously, you know. We'll see. Uh, Italy got knocked out of qualifying. Oh, really? Yeah, they're out. Mm. 
they lost one of the biggest upsets we've ever seen. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be a competitive tournament. It's also a very weird year because it's in uh, the Middle East, uh, and it's going to be in November instead of the summer, which it's always a summer tournament. It's going to impact some of the some of the league play. Um, it's it's a different type of year for the World Cup, so we'll see how that kind of works out too, and how it affects some of the leagues around the world. But the U.S. is in. That's good. It's a good step. Let's bring Danny. Danny's in. You got, so, the, you got the odds? Yes, yeah. I do. All According right. to William Hill at Silver Seven. There you go. Uh, Brazil is currently the favorite no. at five. I think that's a reach. The top five teams from favored to least is Brazil five to one, France plus five fifty. England six to one, Spain seven to one, and Germany eight to one. Yeah. And just for reference, so you US, see they're all bunched up. U.S. is forty to one. So there's no Where's real Canada. Canada. The, they think that they can compete. I don't. I, I saw some real optimism coming out of Canada after the way they qualified, but I don't see it. Uh, Canada doesn't look to be on this list. Wow, field? Are they field? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I did find it. Uh, 175 yeah, to 1. So even so, though they qualified first in CONCACAF. Wow. Mexico So it's a very one. big long shot. By the way. We'll hear the Canadian national. By the way, Mexico stinks. And I don't mean the country. <laughs> Just to clarify. Well, no, that's one of your I favorite vacations. I'm, I'm going to Mexico soon. Uh, Mexico is an amazing country. Mexico soccer team right now stinks. And I know some really, really massive Mexico fans that hate this team. They do not like this team at all. They don't like the coach. They want them out. Uh, they, they're they not happy with the direction of the team right now. And they they look lost. They're lifeless out on the pitch. So Canada is actually tied with the host team, Qatar, for yeah, Qatar the is not, odds. They're not, they're not going to do anything. Canada's worth a shot, but I think that there was a little bit of a they, – they ran well in qualifying, and so I don't think it's going to last into November. We'll see. But, again, U.S. making the final eight would be – very cool. That'd be a nice step in the right direction. We'll see how that draw plays out. But I know you are not. You don't care about soccer. I do. I love it. And uh, the World Cup in November you is bet going soccer. to be fun. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I think it's my favorite sport to bet. Well, it's because the good thing for you is that it plays a lot in the middle of the night. Yes. <laughs> yeah, of exactly. course. I love it. That, that's my prime time. Yeah. I'm in. Uh, wait. In 2026, when it comes to North America, obviously it's joint between Mexico, U.S., and Canada. I'm assuming you'll be attending one of the events, correct? Hopefully, yeah. I'd, I'd love to go to a game at Azteca. That would be amazing. Okay, that was my next question. Would you prefer yeah. to go in U.S., or would you prefer one of the international stadiums? Um, I, might, I might go to a couple. I, Have I they mean, already Vancouver's determined the cool. sites? Yeah, uh, some of them. Yeah, some of them. They've determined Mexico and Canada, and I think they're still narrowing down U.S. No shot that it stops here. I believe we put a bit originally and then pulled out. Ah, okay, but it would it would have been very cool. But yeah, a lot of uh, there's plenty of time to get to the 2026 World Cup for sure. Uh, 2022 in November in Qatar, U.S. will be there, and we'll talk a lot about it on the show. Probably when Willie's not on the, on the show. Right, cool. Clearly, uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to the Raiders coming up. They are they are here already. The Raiders are here always and uh, always at the top of our mind. We'll talk about them next. 22-ounce Bud Light, Budweiser, or Michelob Ultra, plus two hot dogs and two bags of chips, all for just $7.77 at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino.
it's the same with football. Like every position, there's a market to it. And there's a cost associated with being at different levels within the quarterback group, within the receiver group, within the O-line group, whatever it is. And so like market values are obviously are important to any negotiation, whether it's, again, no matter what the line of work is, right? That, yeah. That's, that's going to be a part of it. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company. We are back, wrapping things up here. Live from the Silver 7s, get on down here, get your William Hill account going, put your money in, watch the games, bet live. That's what I do all the time, sitting there watching games at night, throw in some live bets, makes it so much more interesting. Got to have that account to make that happen. And don't forget those 77-cent beers as well. Down here, Mick Ultra, Bud, Bud Light. There's also a madness special here at the Bud Light Bar. 22-ounce draft, two hot dogs, two bags of chips, 777. Can't beat that anywhere. Oh, Ari can't see me right now, can he? No. Oh, I'm pointing at my screen, and he can't see me. Stick your hand in there, Dave. <laughs> there you go. Was I right? <laughs> you, you were. But now I have to say it verbally. I'm not. You can't see me. I can. I can do it. I can log back in. That's fine. Um, breaking news. We missed it about an hour ago. I guess. It's not a. It's not a source that would usually report this. As news. Oh boy. But it's somebody I trust. Somebody I know. Okay. And he tweeted out, according to his sources. Oh boy. Tiger Woods officially will play in the Masters. Did we not know this? Well, he's been practicing. Yeah. He's been thinking about it. Huge. There's been a big move on the number. Really? For him to win. Well, yeah, because he wasn't going to play. Okay. They, they put a number up thinking, like, well, he's not even going to be in the tournament, but if you want to bet him, you can. Now that he's actually going to play, numbers come down. I don't think he's going to be – I don't doubt Tiger Woods, but I don't think he's going to be competitive. It would be amazing, the greatest story ever. It will be the most watched golf round we've ever seen, I think. I think the fact that he's in it alone is a coup for PGA and the Masters. I think we need as much Tiger as we can get. Will Charlie be with him? Might be there. In the, he's not going to play. No. Come on. I know that. <laughs> he's be hanging around? It'd be kind of cool if he was his caddy. He's not, no, I don't think he's going to have a real caddy. <laughs> Charlie's too young. Maybe eventually. Maybe Charlie. one day. Charlie may know more than the caddy at this point. I mean, he's got all the mannerisms down. He's got yes. all the movements down. Well, it's one thing to do an impression of your dad. It's another to be the caddy. I don't think that he's imp- doing an impression. I think he's he's just following in his footsteps. That's what, all he's seen. That's all he's known. His dad's the goat. Eh. Wait, you're, are you backing off that claim? He is the, the goat. Yeah. Are you doubting yourself? No, I just, I mean, it's argumentative. I don't think it is. Really? First of all, I mean, it goes back to the age-old debate, but the best, well, he's not the best right now, I suppose, but the best of this era in every sport is the best of all time. Ah. Yes. No. Yes. And I, we don't even have time to go into this because, <laughs> sorry, LeBron is not the greatest of all time. Of course he is. Of course it is. No. No. You'd have to do era adjusted if you want to make an argument for somebody else. But <laughs> Does anyone else have this? LeBron James. 
That's goat status right there. I don't, I don't think that's true. In baseball, too? Of course. All right, let's... let's. People are bigger, faster, stronger, everything. Every Everything is the best ever now. I'm doing an impromptu grab back since we're going on GOAT. Okay. Stick your hand in there, Dave. So I just saw this on Twitter. Boys to Men. Yeah. One of my favorite musical groups of all time. I've I, seen them I, more than any other act. I remember when they came out in, in, okay. in with uh, Motown Philly. Michael Bivens. Um, they had the perfect harmony battle of the tunes, end of the road verse, I'll make love to you. And they've extended it to April 2nd. 46 hours, they tweeted out, uh, join them on Instagram with Jay Harris from ESPN to hear the winning results. Boystomen.com, the perfect harmony, end of the road or I'll make love to you. Which, which, to, who do you give it to? like choosing your favorite child um i believe that end of the road is like a perfect song i would have it's to agree. perfectly written perfectly harm they do it they perform it perfectly so it's like a perfect song i i i 100 agree because i'll make love to you is, is obviously for a couple and the problem with that song is is that if if the relationship ends, it could always bring up bad memories. End of the road is just kind of, it fits in, in so many scenarios, and it's just such a great song for, for in, in anything. And and so I, I have to give the nod to End of the Road. I believe it was our graduation song. Is it really? <laughs> Not to date myself too much. Silverado? Yeah. Well, it's, it's a, I mean, like you said, graduation, End of the Road. We've end of the, the Road. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was... Uh, it was right around that time. It was where it was like blowing up. So yeah, boys and men, fantastic. They're great. Now I did make the argument. Oh, you you mentioned goats in sports. I I made the argument the other day, and it's sad, but I I do think Jodeci would have been the greatest group of all time. Now, Devonte was he was a little wild. He left early. Then they became Casey and JoJo, which also had amazing songs. But if they would have stayed together with the full group more than, like, the first album, now they're back together. But I think they would have been the greatest. Who is this? Jodeci. Of all time? Yes. They just didn't have a long enough run. They definitely had the potential. When they came out with, with how they were performing, they they. it's just hard to – it's it's definitely hard to, to gauge because of the fact that they didn't have uh, – the longevity. I mean, because you're talking about a long run. Again, we're going eras, right? Sure. You're going Jackson 5. You're going New Edition. You're going Boys to Men. And then there were a, a flurry of of boy bands. Sure. You, you had the Jodeces. You had, I mean, there was Troop. There was uh, After 7. I mean, there was a lot. Whatever happened to Sudden Impact? And it, nobody gets that reference. But that's fine. What do you mean? I'll, I'll, I'll show you the video. There's a there's a video, I believe it's Motown Philly okay. is the video, where they're showing like all the up-and-coming bands on the label. And it's like all these bands are like that turned out great. And they're like, wait, who's, who's these guys? They never made it. Oh. Do you remember? <laughs> I think it was do, Sudden Impact. Was do you remember name. ABC? Uh, Aisha? Playground? <laughs> come on. Do you know what it was? Do, Another do Bad remember? Creation. Another Bad Creation. Of course. Come Bell on. Crisscross. Uh, I could crush some crisscross at karaoke right now. Awesome. It's great. 
It's good times. Gosh, those were some great times. Those, those, okay, stop. Did you did stop you, did you ever have more. did you ever have did you ever have denim in any way, shape, or form with graffiti on it? No, I wasn't cool enough. I did. Of course you did. I mean, that, was that even a question? <laughs> who was? Who would even ask that? Of course you did. <laughs> Hand in there, Dave. Yeah, so we, I said we talk about the Raiders. I don't know. This we we came up with something better. What do you, <laughs> what, do you what do you got? What do you got, Raiders? I know there was something. Uh, I don't. I don't. I just actually got an email that I had money delivered to me. So that was what, why. <laughs> okay. On PayPal, we've lost it. Okay, I got I got something for you, Raiders. Cam Newton read an article, very intriguing. In where he could land and where he could benefit, would he fit in with the Raiders um, in a specific role that he could serve? And it almost made a little bit of sense. Um, Well, the Josh McDaniels reunion, obviously. Josh McDaniels reunion. But the fact that the Raiders struggled in the red zone, ranking 26th in touchdown conversion rate, you got Devontae Adams, we get that. You got Derek Carr, but... um, they tied for 18th in rushing touchdowns with Josh Jacobs. He battled through injuries. You had uh, Kenyon Drake fractured his ankle in week 13. Um, we've seen, Adam, where they used Marcus Mariota in certain situations. He would take snaps under center, zone reads, take off running. Could Cam Newton, if he's looking to keep his career going, because I don't know what he could do possibly as a starter, but could he come in and be beneficial behind Derek Carr for those situations? Potentially. And I, I don't want to compare it because I, I, they had Mariota. They didn't really use him in those situations. But it is a different coaching staff now. So maybe maybe they would look at doing that. I don't know that Cam Newton wants to fill that role. If he did, if he did, then I feel like that would make some sense because of the reunion aspect of it. Um but I, I don't know that it makes sense on this team. And I, I don't know that it makes sense for Cam. I think he wants to go somewhere we can actually play quarterback. Like Seattle. If he p- Potentially. Although I don't – that's a team where you're like, well, why would – Seattle should be going young and developing guys. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, it's tough. I don't know where I don't know where he fits best. I still think Cam Newton can play at some level. But it's tough. You know what? We'll get to this more tomorrow. Plenty more Raiders talk. Lots more to get into tomorrow. We wrap up the week on Kofi and the company. Get ready for the final four from Silver Sevens. We out. Boys to men.